Mandy Nice has over 15 years of experience developing and implementing physical fitness and wellness programs that measurably improve the strength and resiliency of tactical athletes and civilians. Her science-based, results-focused approach has consistently produced positive results that have earned her national-level awards for measuring improving employee health, fitness, and quality of life. Mandy actively serves as a guest speaker at the state, national, and international law enforcement conferences to help share scalable best practices for sustainable success. Further support agencies, Mandy has also served as the tactical program manager of the National Strength and Conditioning Association. She is responsible for fully equipping members of law enforcement and fire and rescue with the essential research, training, tools, and resources to establish safe tactical athletic programs that optimize job readiness while reducing injury risk. Mandy's greatest motivator is helping members of law enforcement and fire and rescue optimize their fitness and health so that they can enjoy strong, rewarding careers and long, healthy retirements. In this episode, Mandy talks about her early work in tactical populations, her transition from practitioner to program manager of the NSCA, and how the NSCA is developing a free performance toolkit to help support tactical organizations. Good afternoon, Mandy, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, no problem. Thank you very much. Obviously, we've had a chance to chat a little bit and try to get you on the show. You know, I've spoken to Nate, I've spoken to Tyler. So when John Hoffman all said, you know, go speak to Mandy, you know, she's a great person at the NSA, doing some great, great things there as well. So very happy to have you on, Mandy. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you. For anyone who hasn't come across you, Mandy, and the work you are currently doing, you know, can you give us a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a backstory of, you know, where your career started out and where you're currently at? Sure. So currently I am the National Strength and Conditioning Association Tactical Program Manager, and my road to get here started actually a long time ago. <laughs> um, I, in my youth, I was an athlete. I did gymnastics, diving, rowing, powerlifting, and just really um, developed a really great uh, appreciation for strength and conditioning and for sports. And I eventually became a personal trainer in high school and then opened up my own small business and then got into corporate wellness training, um, working with a lot of different uh, businesses and uh, municipalities, as well as chamber of commerce organizations and, and whatnot, just really got involved in my community. Um, and that actually led me to some opportunities to uh, work with the local sheriff's office as well. Uh, the basis of my business was to create results-focused programs that fit the needs of the employees and also the employers. And so the sheriff's office recruited me um, to help out with their wellness committee efforts. Uh, and that basically blossomed into a full-time position. <laughs> so it was a pretty tough choice to make between keeping my business, um, which was doing really well at the time, and um, and then you know working full-time for the sheriff's office. But when I got to understand the number of preventable injuries and the need in the industry for results-focused, evidence-based, tactical strength and conditioning, it just broke my heart. <laughs> and I couldn't ignore those statistics, especially with early death in that industry, uh, with officers in, in that industry. And so with that heartbreak, I just turned that heartbreak and pain into purpose and devoted the rest of my career and today to helping tactical professionals live stronger and longer. So um, I started with one sheriff's office. We achieved some really great results with them. Uh, in one year, we reduced the cost of injuries by a quarter million dollars. And uh, we also, within a couple of years, helped them lose over 2,000 pounds of body fat. And that was all to the credit of everyone involved. <laughs> um, we worked as a team and 
Um, I was honored to be the leader of that team, but it, we really achieved those results just by developing programs that uh, the officers wanted to participate in, believed in, and then also um, were able to gain some really great results with. So um, that one sheriff's office program uh, actually gave me some opportunities to work on a national and international level, uh, doing presentations and seminars and workshops and trainings on best practices on how other for other agencies um, so that they could also replicate those results. And that turned into more work <laughs> with uh, more opportunities to work with more sheriff's offices and even fire departments. Um, I got involved with the military as well, uh, just working on at a local, regional, national, international level. And that led me to an opportunity to come on board with NSCA. And it was a huge honor and full circle moment because I, this, the NSCA certification was the very first that I pursued. The CPT and then the TSACF later certifications were the first that I pursued in my uh, career. So it was great to get to come full circle and now I get to be part of the NSCA team. Nice, that was awesome. That's, that's some career pathway, I've got to say. That sounds awesome. So if we can go back just to the start there, Mandy, then. So obviously, you know, you set up straight out of high school, your own PT business, you're working with uh, general population groups, sporting groups, and then obviously making the move into corporate. Obviously, very, very diverse range of clients there as well. And then making the move into the sheriff's office. What was it like early days, you know, going in there, having worked within more general and sporting populations and then just walking in the door into that sheriff's office? Well, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> The, the first, I mean, obviously, like I mentioned, you know, when I first got to know them, I, my whole goal was just to listen, just to listen to what their needs are and, and to learn more about their culture. And there was a lot to take in and a lot to learn and a lot to research and a lot to study um, with all of those different elements. But uh, overall, the heart of, the, of my way of doing business of just listening to the need and accommodating that need and finding solutions for the need never changed. Um, the setting did and the, and the people I served did because I was just like you mentioned, I was serving general populations um, first and then law enforcement and other tactical populations next. But um, yeah, it's all about just listening to their needs and making sure that um, you, you know do your research, find evidence-based solutions and really work hand in hand with the people that you're serving, whether that's a civilian, whether that's um, an officer, whether that's a firefighter, whether that's a military personnel, whether it's a whole group of them or agency or region of them, it's all about just identifying their top needs and then working hand in hand with them to develop solutions that are evidence-based and make sense to them and are fun for them as well. That's cool, that's cool. And obviously you had a dramatic impact on that department, as you're saying, when you went in, MSK injuries were through the roof. And how much did you manage to save that department, like in terms of financial and obviously body fat numbers we're talking there as well? Yes. So we reduced the total annual injury cost by a quarter million dollars and we helped them lose over 2,000 pounds of body fat. Wow. That is impressive. And I mean, what, what was your system when you went in there? Were you doing like classes with the guys? Were you doing, you know, one to one sessions? Or was it more just like seminars trying to promote like how to? You know, work out a little bit better, how to look after yourself a little bit better? You know, what was your approach? I appreciate the question. I actually have gotten that quite a few times <laughs> over the years. And um, I used a system uh, that I actually ended up using to create a new fitness program implementation toolkit that the NSCA now gives away for free. Okay. Um, but that system is proven successful over and over again. And it starts with a needs analysis, which is just 
looking at where, uh, for this particular situation, it involved looking at where the injuries were stemming from, looking which, at which ones were preventable, and looking um, at what options we had to prevent those injuries, and then working together with the officers, with the training uh, supervisors, and also with the agency command staff, internal and external key stakeholders to develop a plan to reduce those injuries. And that involved tactical strength and conditioning for the uh, sheriff's office we're talking about now. Um, but it was just needs analysis, develop an evidence-based plan that was results focused, and then implement the plan with and for the officers uh, in the agency and make it fun. That's cool. That's cool, Mandy. And I know uh, we'll get on to and we'll chat a little bit about that performance toolkit in a little bit there, but obviously you do a great job with that sheriff's department. You start working with a few other ones and the, the fire department and obviously get into the military side as well. And then, you know, it's come full circle. You're with the NCA now as well. What's that, what's that transition been like in that experience moving from being very much practitioner-led, you know, down on the shop floor working with people and now being, you know, as a program manager's role? It's been a huge honor. I mean, the 15 years of industry experience that I gained leading up to becoming the NSCA Tactical Program Manager for Public Safety definitely gave me really important insight and perspective into the needs of the industries. I'm in, in uh, law enforcement, fire, and in the military as well. I'm, I had the honor of working with a lot of really great individuals and I had some amazing mentors uh, at a local level and then with some of the, uh, some of the leaders of these national um, tactical organizations. And so it was, it was an incredible transition I am, but I'm so grateful for all of the experiences and all the relationships that I've been able to build along the way, because I wouldn't be able to do my job without it. <laughs> um, a lot of this, you know, job involves tuning into the needs of the field and elevating those um, so that we can all develop solutions together. And that's um, something that I really wouldn't be able to do if it hadn't been for the prior experience that I gained. Um, so nowadays, I mean, the mission is still the same. Uh, the mission is to help tactical professionals live stronger and longer. And now we just um, all have an opportunity to do that and increase scale and uh, with increased manpower. <laughs> so we've, I've, I've been working together with a lot of great professionals over the years. And now the NSCA um, has really just given us a greater platform for great teamwork and to help advance the industry. That's awesome to hear. And I know you guys are pushing things forward. Obviously, the NSA is, you know, trying to really help and support and develop the, the tactical population group as well. Obviously, you mentioned there, you know, listening to the needs of the field and what they're asking for. So my big question then be, you know, what generally from the tactical industry are people asking for now? And how's that shaping what you're doing from your perspective, the NSA? Yeah, so the tactical industry is very dynamic. It's an exciting growth period. And so what I've surmised is, and from listening to the individuals and leaders in the field, is that uh, what we really re need right now is successful pathways for growth and strategic pathways for growth. So one of the things that I've developed for um, everyone to use to collaborate is what I like to call the tactical strength and conditioning success pathway. And it has five steps. And I believe that together, it gives us a framework to collaborate so that we can all unite and advance this industry together. So the first step in that pathway is the entrance. And that's all about helping people learn about what tactical strength and conditioning is. Your podcast is a great example of that, actually. <laughs> so thank you for contributing to advancing the industry in that way. Um, we also, you know, but we also collaborate with universities and with other leading organizations like the IACP and the BJA and uh, the 
military, the army, um, to help everyone just start to learn what tactical strengthening conditioning is. So that's the first step in the growth pathway that this industry is really looking for. The next step in that growth, uh, in that pathway to growth and expansion of this industry is to help people learn how to properly prescribe tactical strength conditioning programs. With my position in the NSCA, I have a great opportunity to help offer curriculum in those areas. Uh, but again, we're all about collaboration and partnerships, and um, we're working with a lot of really great organizations to help everyone start learning how to prescribe programs that are results focused and really specifically designed for tactical strength conditioning professionals. The next step in that pathway is to help everyone get certified so that they have an accredited uh, credential that they can carry with them while they're in a tactical position, but even after they retire or finish their service. And then the next step in, in creating growth in the industry and creating that pathway for growth is to help everyone um, in tactical strength and conditioning coaching positions perform. And what that means is that we want to give them the tools and the support to achieve measurable success, because we know that as, as this con industry continues to grow and evolve, the more measurable success we can all share with each other, the better uh, best practices we can develop over the course of time. And so the last uh, step in creating that growth and, and creating that pathway for this industry, which it so desperately needs because the need is continuing to grow for tactical strength conditioning, is to really foster opportunities for leadership. Uh, I am obviously in a program manager role right now, but I am one that represents so many thousands of amazing individuals that deserve a really great platform to be able to speak, um, that deserve a really great opportunity to be able to mentor those who are coming after them and to create uh, and to lead this industry and the growth of it. So um, I would say that the number one thing that the industry reads that needs right now is that pathway to growth, that pathway to create results, to create positive results and positive momentum and to build collaboration opportunities together. So um, the pathway is what I designed to help us all do that together. That's cool. And how's that, how's that process being designed that pathway and, you know, rolling that out as well? What's, what's been the, the biggest challenges and like the logistics of that as well? We, um, we developed the pathway by collaborating with a bunch of uh, subject matter experts who have been involved with the NSCA for many years. And it just came down to basically figuring out a way that we could all create one system that everyone could, could contribute to. We know that we have to get the ball down the court, but it's not just going to be one person that gets it down the court. We have to pass the ball to each other in order to really get the ball down the court and really expand and grow this industry over time. Um, so I would say that the, the we haven't really run into any logistical challenges so far, um, but we have had the opportunity to have really great conversations with even more organizations and universities that are ready and happy to contribute to the mission of advancing the field. It just gives everyone a chance to take a look at the mission uh, from an aerial view, take a look at the end goal that we're looking to achieve uh, together, and then figure out their favorite part to play. So um, whether they want to help everyone enter the field or help everyone learn how to, how to prescribe programs, or maybe they want to be a coach and they want to uh, train other tactical professionals and help, help them achieve great results, or maybe they want to help the coaches who are doing that. It gives everyone a very clear role in our mission, and it helps unify everyone for cohesive success. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know uh, last time we were chatting a little bit off air before, um, you were saying you still got a little bit of a hand in with obviously the, the police and fire departments and you were helping with the, I think it's the police service, just rolling out like uh, just new fitness testing standards as well. How's that been and how did that come about? Yes. So uh, one of the 
hottest topics in law enforcement is physical ability tests or PATs. Yeah. A lot of agencies are looking to uh, help their encourage their officers to optimize their fitness level. And to do that, they want to give them some sort of an assessment to start to define what fitness really is. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that is uh, been explored over the course of many years, but we are constantly re-exploring that idea and how we can leverage that to help agencies um, help their officers. So uh, although I do not personally develop physical ability tests, I have helped consult with several agencies on how they might go about incorporating something like that. Usually what we like to recommend with physical ability tests is that they are voluntary and non-punitive and that so that fitness is uh, woven into the culture as a positive benefit and as a support system, not as a punishment. So um, we've had some really great success with a lot of different agencies using that approach because what it, what, what it creates is an opportunity for officers to uh, assess where they're at in their fitness level um, and then make progress from there. Uh, we also recommend that they complement the PAT or the physical ability test with a preparatory program and a maintenance program as well. So instead of just having a PAT or just a test alone, we recommend that they have a full training program that they can use to prepare for that and then maintain uh, their success with passing that test. Uh, and that's been very, very well received as well, because what we found is that officers in their hearts absolutely want to be, quote unquote, fit. They want to be in shape. They want to be able to have the greatest level of fitness to perform their job tasks safely and effectively. And so with that, uh, they've been very responsive to programs, to training programs that are geared to help take them from where they are currently to gradually progress them into where they need to be in that tactical athleticism level that they need uh, to perform their job. So when it comes to fitness testing, uh, we're doing a lot of great work in helping agencies leverage those in a positive way to reward off to encourage officers to um, optimize their fitness, but more so to reward them for doing so um, instead of punishing them in any capacity. Yeah, definitely. That's cool to hear as well, how you've got phased as well, not just uh, the physical assessment testing, but a lead-in period and that maintenance period afterwards. And I know Chan to a few different people who are boots on the ground. It's very much uh, for departments tend to focus on just that snapshot of like, right, this is the assessment. So it's on you to prep for it. You know, you know what the test is, but it's up to you to prep. And then once that's over and done with, there's no advice, there's no help, you know, along the line. So officers are just like, well, what do I do now, you know? Which is huge. Yes. And you know, that's something that I'm, I'm so excited that we're having an opportunity to, to examine and to really uh, analyze and optimize um, because that process is something that is important, not just even for fitness, but also for health. I mean, mm -hmm. when, when folks go in and get a, a wellness check or an annual, uh, an annual uh, health assessment, sometimes the same process happens. They're given a result, but they don't always have the benefit of understanding all the resources that they can use to optimize their results or make improvements and things like that. So uh, I'm very excited about the work that we can do with agencies to help them develop those physical fitness uh, development programs. Uh, and, and, you know, for example, a lot of the, a lot of officers are even uh, in pain. They're, they have musculoskeletal pain, they have back pain. It's very common in the industry. So starting with physical fitness programs that first help them relieve their pain and increase mobility and stability and flexibility, then gradually progress them to developing a foundation of strength and conditioning, and then progressing 
them to tactical athleticism is really a model that is uh, not only very well received by officers themselves, but uh, helps them optimize their strength conditioning in a sustainable way. That's awesome. And how's it, how's it working for you guys now, Mandy? Are you like reaching out to departments or is it a case of departments are speaking to one another and saying, hey, you need to contact the NSA right now and get them in to help you? So we uh, very much enjoy interacting with departments and agencies. I do so on a very regular basis every day. <laughs> uh, but what I like to recommend as a program manager for the NSCA is to connect with some of our subject matter experts, those who have gotten the certification, uh, gotten some experience under their belt, and are ready to, we have a number of folks who are ready to help agencies. And so what I like to do when I get an inquiry from an agency on how to go about a strength and conditioning, uh, setting up a strength and conditioning program, um, I like to first give them our NSCA toolkit for doing so, our tactical fitness program implementation toolkit, because that's a free resource and it gives them a five-step system for developing a program. But then I also like to connect them with uh, those, uh, with our members and our subject matter experts in the field, because uh, they're oftentimes able to spend more time and to dedicate uh, their full focus on helping those agencies, whereas I'm a little bit more focused on helping um, just make that connection and give them all the support that we can from the NSCA side, but really letting our certificates shine and really giving them opportunities uh, as well to help these agencies and to uh, apply the knowledge that they gained in, in you know, studying for that certification to, uh, to help these agencies. Mm -hmm. No, that's really, really cool. Obviously, you mentioned there again about the, the performance toolkit. You just chat to us a little bit more about, so obviously you said about providing a pathway. But what does that actually look like for the guys? And, you know, how do they go about connecting with you guys to get that ball rolling? Sure, yes. Uh, so the, the Fitness Program Implementation Toolkit is a free resource. It's actually a fillable PDF form, and it lays out five steps to developing uh, and or optimizing a fitness program at your agency. And essentially what it comes down to is uh, completing a needs analysis to see what type of fitness program your agency needs and what's feasible for it based on uh, what internal key stakeholders need, which would be the officers and the command staff, and, and also what external key stakeholders might uh, desire for the program to achieve as well, which might be local uh, political officials who have you know, influence and connection with the agency too. So it really connects everybody into uh, the mission of optimizing strength and conditioning at the agency. That's the first step. Uh, the next step is to, is to design a program that uh, connects with the job tasks with the fitness program. So there's a lot of different type of workouts that officers can do, but which ones do they actually need to do to prepare for their job tasks? That's what we talk about in that step. And that's what we help, uh, what, that's what we leverage research and um, evidence proven best practices for. So the next step is all about just prescribing that program that resonates with officers that makes sense um, in terms of connecting to the job tasks um, and then the, there are a couple of following steps as well to implement that show in the toolkit that show officers uh, and agencies how to implement the program and how to uh, measure results in the program and then also how to progress and evolve the program. But that uh, is also a five-step system <laughs> just to keep it easy and simple on everyone. And, um, and that's available just by emailing me at uh, mandy, M-A-N-D-Y dot nice at nsca.com. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I mean, to date, how many how many departments have come on and you're taking on board that that performance toolkit? And what's that return on their investment been for them? 
Great question. It is a brand new toolkit. We just debuted it at the International Associations of Chiefs of Police Officer Safety and Wellness Symposium. And we have had hundreds upon hundreds of requests for agencies using uh, to use this, get access and use this toolkit. So we are just in the beginning stages of helping agencies adopt the toolkit and start using it. Um, and we anticipate getting great measurable results within the next year or so. That's cool. That's cool. And the agencies who have contacted you, you know, to get the support and the work with you guys, is it very much just for the guys based over in the US or have you started to branch out a bit more globally from there? Great question. Yes, we've had um, local agencies to Colorado ask for the toolkit. We've had agencies across the US ask for the toolkit. We've had, um, I <laughs> I probably shouldn't name drop here, but yes, we have had international level security companies and agencies also um, asked to start using the toolkit. So it's uh, definitely gaining some momentum, wow. which is good. I mean, it's a free resource and our whole mission is to help everyone uh, expand and grow this industry and grow this field so that more and more officers and tactical professionals can live stronger and longer. So I'm uh, really excited about that. That was really, really cool to hear, Mandy. And Obviously, you know, NSA is doing a lot to support the tactical field and those working within it. Um, obviously, you say as well for departments access to this tactical toolkit. You know, what, what's next for you guys? Obviously, you've developed this, but what, what's the next goal for the NSA to help support this, this organization? Well, not organization, this uh, community. Yes, we are so excited to continue supporting tactical professionals and our whole goal is to collaborate with everyone so that we can do that together and achieve the mission of helping tactical professionals live stronger and longer. And so uh, our next opportunity to meet together, we are so excited for is our tactical annual training conference. And that will be August 3rd through the 6th in Norfolk, Virginia, and also online for uh, anyone who can't make it. But we are really excited for that conference. We have a fantastic lineup of speakers and uh, we would definitely encourage everyone to, to check that out. Um, in addition to that, that's, you know, that's one of our annual traditions, but in addition to that, we're actively seeking more and more tactical professionals and supportive organizations and leaders to collaborate with because we understand that everyone brings a unique strength to advancing this field and this mission. And so we have had the honor of working together with, again, you know, some of the leading organizations um, in, in law enforcement, in fire, and in the military. Um, but we are always open to, uh, to bringing more people into the team here and so that we can uh, advance the field together. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've seen some of the names already coming up for the, the TSAC conference. It looks like an all-star lineup once again. So that's really cool to see. Yes, yeah, some of the all-stars who have been in your podcast too will be there. So it's uh, definitely going to be a great reunion of not only subject matter experts, but just really great friends and uh, overall great professionals in the industry. Definitely, definitely. Now, obviously, Mandy, being at the NSA, obviously a lot of coaches, you know, use the NSA as a resource there from the journals to your podcast and all sorts of stuff. I'm keen to know, and I always ask everyone what, you know, they're doing for their own CPD who comes on this podcast. So on that, can you give us a, a book, app, or website recommendation you personally find useful for your own development or your own education? Absolutely. So I'm outside of the NSCA resources, which I would, of course, recommend. <laughs> um, I would recommend the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And he's a retired Navy SEAL and a absolute legend of a leader. Um, his company, Echelon Front, is actually um, going to be involved and in hosting our keynote presentation 
uh, this year at Tactical Annual Training, but his book, Extreme Ownership, Will Change Your Life. It is amazing, and it will change the lens that you look through the world in, so I would highly recommend that. That's awesome. Great, great resource, uh, resource choice there, Mandy. Like all the uh, leadership books I've read, that sits above all others. You know, it just completely changed me when I read it. I was like, wow, what concept. Yes. Nice. <laughs> totally agree. Cool. Now, obviously, Mandy, it's been a great chatting to you. And if anyone's listening to this, you know, who wants to reach out and find out a little bit more about what you're doing or with regards to the performance toolkit, you know, what, what are the best ways people can contact you? Absolutely. So they can always email me at mandy.nice at nsca.com. So that's M-A-N-D-Y dot nice, N-I-C-E at nsca.com. And I'm also, of course, um, on social media. So you can find me at Mandy Nice on LinkedIn, uh, on Facebook and Instagram, all those, you know, fun channels. Uh, but I absolutely love meeting everyone and I'm here to support everyone. Uh, it's a huge honor to be in this role, and I know that we could do really great things together. So I really, really appreciate um, the opportunity to even connect with you, John, today. You are an absolute all-star at podcasting, and I am just in total admiration of all that you put together with this uh, lineup of podcasts. I, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to be a part, and it's a, it's a huge honor. Hey, thank you very much, Mandy. I mean, thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule. I know you're busy with getting everything organized you know, in the background of conferences and stuff like that, and all the stuff you're doing within the TZAC community. So thank you once again for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Hi, guys. Really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Monarch Human Performance Podcast. I just wanted to say thank you for your continued support to the show. We're slowly growing each week and getting more and more downloads, which is truly incredible for such a niche-specific podcast. The continued support us can ask you to do me a simple favor. First of all, Subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're using so you can receive each new episode as soon as it's released. Secondly, if you found something educational, if it made you see a different perspective, or if you took something away from this podcast that made you better, please leave us a review as it means a lot to me, and please share the show. This will help us to grow the show and really get this information out to a lot more people.